The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey everyone, how's it going? Hopefully you are getting set to start your weekend off and start it off right with us, the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I am with John Sheeran and as always, I'm Anthony Cazenza. John, you're, uh, as I as I said before we took the air, you're looking pretty, f- for those of you who can see John, he's looking pretty festive in that uh, in that shirt there. He's got a big wedding weekend ahead of ahead of him. How are you, bud? Yeah, we're just, we're just starting off the weekend strong with some questions and answers. Let's get right to it, man. Yeah, the, uh, we've already got a lot queued up. Just, uh, I, I think John's going to start us off with one here in just a second. But just so you folks know, there are a number of ways to get us a question if you want to get that answered on air. We are uh, simultaneously streaming on the Cincy Jungle Facebook page and our YouTube channel. So we'll be scouring both of those comment sections for potential questions, comments that we want to address. You can get to us in our email account, theobinsider at gmail.com. You can get to us on Twitter at BanglesOBI. And then we have a, a live comment thread also on cincyjungle.com. So get to us how you can. We've already got a number of things queued up. Um, also, if you want to call or text us, our line is open 949-542-6241. We've already got a couple of things lined up there. So Johnny, start us off, buddy. All right. So our first question comes from Spurman 1313 from Canada via Twitter. He says, when and what would it take for Zach Taylor to give Ryan Finley a shot at starting a quarterback? So right now, um, the Bengals are two games out of the division for, if you can really believe that, five weeks in. I don't think that Finley has seen the first snap of the game until they are officially out of playoff contention. And until they're basically like, okay, we're officially in evaluating for 2020 mode. Um, if Andy Dolan is taking even more of a beating behind a bad offensive line, uh, I think that's still ways away until this team really feels like this season has officially been lost because right now to them, like they're still technically in contention for the division and Andy Dolan gives them the best chance of doing that or competing for the division. So I think we're still ways away from seeing Finley starting. I do too. I think that this is a uh, really, I think it's going to take an Andy Dalton injury. For, for Ryan Finley to get in there because I really think that the Cincinnati Bengals, if they're going to invest a lot of money into Andy Dalton going forward, which that may not be music to a lot of Bengals fans ears right now, but if they are going to do that, he is going to be a part of this evaluation process going forward. And they're going to need to see 
both as Zach Taylor develops as a play caller, as a head coach, as an offensive mind, and how he's gelling with Andy Dalton's strengths are going to need to get a proper evaluation on Andy Dalton throughout the rest of the year to see, you know, is he the guy, you know, is he going to play better at the end of the year? Is he going to give them hope into seeing that this, this team is going to be competitive and or vie for a playoff spot down the line once these guys are healthy, once they add more pieces, all that stuff. Again, that's probably more the front office's mindset than ours. But um, I think it's going to take an injury to Andy Dalton in order for that to probably take place uh, in terms of Finley getting extensive time. Or, you know, I mean, even in blowouts, John, Finley hasn't come in in relief to to play some some games. So um, I think it's going to take probably, and of course I don't wish it on him, but it's probably going to take an injury to Andy Dalton for this to potentially, uh, potentially take place. There's another one coming up here. We can just be kind of quick about this. This was an email from Patrick Esther. Uh, What's up with Cordy Glenn and the chances his season is done? Um, He's not playing again this week. Uh, There are reports that he was going to a a third-party neurologist to get a different kind of reading and set of treatment uh, on on this concussion issue that's been lingering now, John, for what, two months? Yeah. So... um, as of now, if you if you've missed six games and really you know seven and a half if you include the preseason with a concussion, that usually signals to me that you're not going to suit up this year. You, if you're missing a month plus with a concussion, that's usually not a good sign. So I at this point, I'm probably not expecting him back. Yeah, it's like right now it's it's above fifty percent chance I would say that he doesn't play for the rest of the year. And every game, every week that he continually misses, that percentage only goes up. Now he's been limited, I think now twice for the past couple of weeks with just just a single practice to just slowly easing him back in. And if he continues to not make significant progress with that, if they continue on this regiment that he's on right now and he's not participating fully in practice, there's just there's no confidence that we can have that he's even going to play this year at all. And with the way that the season's going, it's, it's probably not really a point to do so. I think he's under contract for one more year after this. And yeah, they're just going to have to have a conversation between you know him and the team about, okay, what's really the long-term plan here going forward? If this is an issue that is going to keep out the entire year, it, this is really something long-term that we have to start thinking about. But yeah, the, the more he misses, the more, the more chance that he just doesn't play the rest of this, the rest of this year. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, that's a player that was sorely needed, whether or not Jonah Williams was going to be healthy this year. That's a player that they could have used at left guard, at left tackle, and uh, it has shown. So unfortunately, um, Cordy Glenn just probably I, I, I'm not banking on him playing. So I, I don't yeah. think fans did either. Um, Jason in Germany, there's an email and we'll, we'll let you uh, tee one off next, John. Um, Jason in Germany, he's a regular listener. Unfortunately, when we record in his time zone, I don't think he's able to join us for the live recordings, but he does keep in touch with us and, and uh, watches our show regularly. So thanks, Jason. Um, big, this is, this is not what you wanted. Um, in terms of offensive line configuration, the Bengals have been experimenting with Alex Redman of all players now that he's back from suspension. Alex Redman at left tackle. He's rotating around with John Jerry. Andre Smith's injury is is continuing on. So um, it looks to be a an Alex Redman John Jerry battle at left tackle going forward. Jerry actually played for him okay against mm-hmm. Arizona. It was, it was at a higher level than what we saw from Andre Smith the couple of weeks prior. But I mean, I guess the question here from Jason is, you know, viability of him at left tackle 
And why are the Bengals not going after a, a street free agent, maybe a cast off former high pick that's not, that hasn't performed up to expectations and maybe rehabilitate his career like they did with Adam Jones, Chris Crocker, all these guys um, that they've done before. Yeah. It's like, I, I think the, I think it was said that the last time Redmond played tackle was in high school. So he's 24 years old and he hasn't played the position in at least six years. So you already know he's not a very good guard and to move him out into even more space where pass protection is even more valuable as a tackle. The thing that he's not very good at in, in relative to how he run blocks, it, it's a bad situation. And I think Redmond has always been the guy that they love having on the team just as a practice player, just because he's, you know, he has the mindset or whatever. He has all the intangibles that coaches rave about. When he gets on the field, the, the, the product is less than stellar. And to play him out of position now, I, there's just no reason to be optimistic about it. And he can perform adequately in practice against a subpar, you know, Bengals pass rushing unit that they have right now, at least the ones who are healthy. Like, that's fine. But he, even against a, a team in the Ravens who don't really have that go-to edge rusher, like, he's going to be overmatched because this is not a position that's natural to him. And he's just not a very good football player in general. So, like my my thing is if they're really trying him here, if they're really trying him at left tackle, they're just basically leaving no stone unturned. They're trying to evaluate every player they can possibly do. Um, I don't think personally he's the better option over John Jerry, but if they really are committed to him, at least trying him out there at left tackle, I think that's just it's just their part of evaluating where the roster is right now. And if there is an opening on, on the offensive line, and there's an offensive lineman who hasn't played for them this year, they're basically. Uh, taking advantage of the opportunity to see how he does and just evaluating him going forward. And one thing's for sure, we can be we can be certain that either Alex Redman himself or his stepdad, father-in-law, whoever it is, oh, uh, will probably be tuning into this and and we'll be hearing about our our bagging on him because it's happened before. <laughs> uh, I, I am sick of the Bengals personally with the offensive line. They have done this for years, whether it's Paul Alexander, Jim Turner, Frank Pollock, whoever. I am sick of them putting round pegs into square holes in terms of fitting players that are not, you know, they try and find this versatility gene that is that does not exist in some of these players, and they try and force it upon them. And it usually – John Jerry at left tackle, for instance. I mean, just – you have two guards vying for the left tackle spot on your offensive line right now. Uh, one was an undrafted free agent and the other guy was a guy who wasn't even in the league last year. That's how bad the situation has gotten on the offensive line for the Bengals. Uh, hey, if Redmond can come in and do something fine, but I'm not expecting anything there. And uh, this just shows the sad shape of what the, the offensive line looks like for the Bengals right now. Yeah. What that all boils down to is if you had asked, asked uh, Zach Taylor what his fifth option at left tackle would be. He probably wouldn't have said it was on the roster. So right. this is just kind of where we are right now. I want to go to the uh, YouTube comments section because something came up really early. Continuing on the injury bug uh, from Malcolm Wilhelm is Dunlap's injury serious. And what he's referring to is Carlos Dunlap will not be playing in this game versus Baltimore. He's dealing with a knee injury that uh, limited, limited him in practice on Thursday and kept him out of practice today on Friday. And he was like the one surprise uh, uh, declaration of out uh, going into this game. Uh, to be honest with you, I think he was dealing with knee injury going into the Pittsburgh game, but it didn't stop him from playing. I think he was limited a little bit last week, but obviously he played against Arizona. And honestly, Dunlap has not been his normal self this year. He's been borderline yeah. average in terms of pass rushing production. Um, it, it, again, relative to what the Bengals have on the defensive line and how they're producing, he's still one of their best players. But 
and, and his absence is going to hurt, but we're not seeing the, the old Carlos Allen that we have, and maybe that's because he's been dealing with a nagging knee injury. So um, the, the fact that he went from full to limited to did not practice this week is very is, is indeed concerning and is a reason why he's not playing this game. But, uh, you know, until we see more, you know, progressing into next week, I don't know if you want to label the injury serious, but again, this is a Bengals player dealing with an injury, so we have to assume it's worse than what it is. My this this may be this is something that is overlooked in Dunlap's career. Uh, you know, you look you look at his statistics. He's the the team's. I mean, if you once the once the NFL started counting sacks as an official statistical category, he's the team team leader in sacks. He set the the season uh, record with thirteen and a half in in twenty fifteen. But you go back, John. He was he was in Marvin Lewis's doghouse as a rookie in 2010. Still played 12 games. 2011 played 12 games. 2012 played in 14 games. From 2013 through 2018, played 16 games every year, and then mm-hmm. also including you know in, in those seasons playing in the playoffs. So he has been uh, his greatest asset has been aside from batting balls at the line and you know the the occasional sack and whatnot. His one of his greatest traits is availability. And he's been a, a picture of durability with this team. So seeing him out is a very rare sight. And of course, now he's on the, the very back nine of his career, a knee injury late in his career. I don't feel so great about that, but uh, you know, unfortunately he'll be unavailable this week in, in a critical division game. And um, you know, he's been a picture of health for the, for the most part in his career. So seeing him out is, is a little bit, um, a little bit of a downer. Again, yeah, he's going sure. Go ahead. No, no like be, because he's out, now you have only Sam Hubbard and Carl Lawson as your true edge defenders. And yeah. you're, you're playing Andrew Bryan and Reno Wren more on the edge now, two positions that they're not very comfortable with. So, you know, his absence with their lack of depth, it only adds, it, it compounds on the issue, if you will. Yeah. And uh, no carry win either this week. He's, right. he's still dealing with his concussion. So there's like this concussion thing is. Uh, making its rounds uh, on the Bengals here. Uh, he's John Sheeran. I'm Anthony Cazenza. This is the listener questions courtesy of the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com. Uh, you get to, if you're watching us via YouTube, you get to see both John and I. If you're tuning in via Facebook, you only get to hear John's beautiful, beautiful voice and see my ugly face. We're happy to have you with us. Leave a question in the live YouTube chat, in the live Facebook comments. You can get to us on Twitter via email, uh, call or text 949-542-6241. We'll try and get you on the air if that's if you're so inclined. Otherwise, uh, we're, we've got more questions to get to. We'll be here for a few more minutes to uh, start your Bengals weekend off correctly. And if you're new to our podcast, you can get it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. You can get it on Megaphone. All of our stuff is on cincyjungle.com, and then you can also get – uh, our stuff on our YouTube channel. We've had some recent additions to our podcast channel as well as to our um, as well as to our YouTube channel. Matt Minnick's uh, Chalk Talk, where he does some film breakdowns, is a new addition, and that's been a great addition to our lineup. As well as some of you are very familiar with Ace Boogie and Hude Zim. There, Orange is the New Black Bengals podcast. That audio is on all of our channels. As is the Sorry If I Spit When I Speak podcast by uh, Dr. Hoji Smoji and, and Daddy-O McDuck. So uh, check all of that, that stuff out as well as our content, how you can. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have 
every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Uh, there was a text, uh, regular listener, Dan from Tennessee. Um, That's a good one. Yes, it is a good one. Uh, it's it's kind of a – it seems like an in, uh, a question that's innocent, but it's phrased with a little, a little jab. Um, how unusual is it to draft 11 players and have no starters by week six? And how big of an indictment of this is uh, is it on Duke Tobin? So um, I'll let you that start start that off, uh, John. Well, for starters, they have one starter in Michael Jordan, even though right. he's not – well, he's not starting now. He was a starter. He started four games. And the other regular starter they had was Damian Willis, and he was also benched. So, yeah, but at, at this point in time – they are a 0-5 team with no rookie starters, which is pretty much the opposite of what you would expect because if you have 11 draft picks and none of them are starting, you know you would give them the benefit of the doubt to assume that this is a very deep team. This is a very good team. This is a team that isn't reliant, isn't having to rely on rookies. Well, they are relying on rookies. It's just that the rookies aren't very good. Looking at the rest of the league right now, like there's, there's a couple teams. I think Chicago is one where they only have one rookie starter and a rookie running back, David Montgomery. Uh, looking at Buffalo, they have like about three. Uh, Houston has about two, and Titus Howard and Lonnie Johnson. Indi- Indianapolis has a lot. So, like, it, it really varies, I think, from good teams and bad teams or how reliant they are on rookies. But with the Bengals' specific case, when you're not very talented and you didn't inc- you didn't add a bunch of veterans in the offseason, when you're, most of your roster turnover was with your draft class and they are not making an impact, that is really much, pretty much indicative of a bad team. So, in terms of drafting 11 players and not having any of them start by the middle of the season, that is bad. And it, it should be an indictment on Duke Tobin. But yeah, I, you know, I've said this a couple of times. I think we both said it on our, on our show. I mean, going six players deep essentially into your, into your draft class to finally find a starter and who, like you mentioned, has now been benched in Michael Jordan. That's not ideal. That's not ideal for a team that was starving for immediate impact players. That's not ideal for a, new head coach, new coaching staff that wanted to usher in a great new class to, to help keep this team competitive and maybe make one of those unlikely playoff pushes in his, his inaugural year. That's not ideal. And we, you and I talked about this months and months ago, John, about, you know, I, I think going into that week and they had 11 or 12 picks. Do you really think that this is a roster? Well, now we look at it, we say, yeah, 11 or 12 pit guys could could make this roster. But at the time, why not package at least a couple of those things, move up on, you don't necessarily need to move up on day one, but you could move up in day two. You all of a sudden get a Cody Ford, a Dalton Reisner, one of these guys that 
You, you package some of those later picks, move up into the second round to get additional help on the offensive line. And boy, wouldn't you need that right now? Um, to me, I, the Bengals have recently valued quantity over quality in the draft. Um, I think they felt that what they did in 2010 through 2012 or 2013 in those classes where they really kind of built that playoff run, they got overconfident in themselves and their abilities to, to find these players late. And not only have they not done that, but they haven't done well in the early rounds. So, uh, you know, to me, I think you need to really identify some of these players you really, really covet and at positions that you really, really need, and you make moves to go up and get these guys if you need to. Um, you can't wait for these guys to, to fall on your lap because that just simply doesn't always happen. Uh, this last year, they waited in the second round, and Drew Locke went in front of them. Dalton Reisner went in front of them. I mean, they sat back, and they saw these guys that could have helped them this year or in 2020, and uh, that, that hurt them. So, uh, heck, you could even argue Devin Bush, right? Uh that they got leapfrogged there by the Steelers. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's very surprising that they can't find a starter, uh, in their, in their class, but, um, you know, hopefully now you got to evaluate it and say, you know, these are guys that are maybe going to help 2020 and beyond not ideal for 2019 though. <laughs> uh, let's, let's kind of transition a little bit, John. Um, one of our, unfortunately we seem to be mi continually missing this, listener. Uh, he, he leaves us voicemails after our recordings. Uh, Robert Lacey, basically just kind of talking about this week, he said he felt pretty good about the Bengals matchup against the Ravens. Um, how do we feel about it? I do not feel good, especially with the injury report that came out Friday afternoon. Normally, the Bengals have done well in recent years against the Ravens. So normally I'd say, yeah, they've, they've got a pretty good shot, but no AJ Green, no Cordy Glenn, no Carlos Dunlap, no Ryan Glasgow. Uh, this could get ugly. Yeah, and like the one, the one thing that the Bengals have going for them is that as bad as their defense is, the Ravens' defense is just about as bad. And I think right, so officially, Jimmy Smith is not going to play the cornerback. Uh, Mark Andrews, the tight end, is not going to play. Marquise Brown, the wide receiver, is not going to play. And Patrick Onwuasar, the linebacker, is not going to play. So those are all four uh, key inactives for the Ravens, and that will give the Bengals some opportunities to exploit newfound weaknesses there. Um, both Brown and Andrews not playing is going to make it a lot harder for Lamar Jackson to really push the ball down the field. Keeping the ball in front of the Bengals defense is what they want. They don't want, you know, those playmakers to get over, over the top with them. Um, and, and on the defensive side of the ball, like the, the, this is the defense that the, the Bengals can exploit, but it really is all dependent on how they can involve Tyler Boyd because he's really their only receiver that they're willing to use that can make an impact in this game. So there, there's two bad defenses, but the Bengals offense is so inept that the Ravens offense could basically take, take this game over, even with the injuries that they have. There is a chance because of the injuries that both teams are dealing with to make this game a little bit more close, but ultimately it's going to come down to if Andy Dolan cannot play Lamar Jackson. And right now Lamar Jackson has been struggling, but he's still been the better quarterback this year. And Andy Dolan has proven that he cannot play consistent, even against bad defenses. So, um, this is still definitely in the Ravens' favor, but these injuries have probably made it a little bit more closer than than it could be. Yep. Uh, I, this is this is kind of a broad one um, that uh, and, and you know I, I think you've got maybe something you're you're going to pull out of the YouTube or something, John. But this is kind of a broad one, I think, from all the mediums that we're fielding questions from. 
Uh, there's different versions of this question. I know you've received it uh, on Twitter, as have I, as has Cincy Jungle. Basically, all things AJ Green, right? right. The Bengals came out earlier this week. Uh, I think it was Thursday that they said, you know, that we're not. Tra- Zach Taylor was pretty emphatic that they're not trading him. AJ Green came back to practice this week, uh, so kind of a lot of uh, news surrounding him after his injury like Glenn's has lingered on longer than a lot of people thought. Uh, what, what's your take on, on things in terms of AJ Green, his future? I saw a question from Robert Rourke in the live Facebook chat. Basically, why did they keep Green on the active roster all season when they could have done IR return now that we're six weeks in? Um, a lot of what ifs, a lot of moving parts. I don't know if you want to just kind of come at this AJ Green situation from a number of different angles. So my thing with AJ is that it would be nice to have picks for a guy like AJ Green who can get you maybe like a high second round pick, maybe another pick on day two as well, because that would in turn progress the the inevitable rebuild a lot quicker. But my main concern is how are they going to replace Andy Dalton, basically? And if keeping AJ on a long on a long term deal and keeping him for this season doesn't provide a roadblock in getting the quarterback to replace Dalton. I don't think it's it's that much of a problem that we really need to be discussing. Um, obviously, in a rebuild, you would want as much draft capital as possible. You would want as much cap space as possible. But th- this was a deal that the Bengals were planning on doing. And, and had A.J. Green knock on her, we probably wouldn't even be talking about this because he would be under contract for the next four years or so. But I, I just like I, I don't. I don't think there's that big of an issue of, of holding on to AJ because they're going to overvalue him. They're always going to overvalue their veterans, even when the team stinks. So they're going to want an offer to be blown away with and something that they can't, cannot refuse. And they're so confident that they're not going to get that. that They've already said, yeah, we're not trading that guy. So that's fine. That's the stance you want to make. Just, you know, see when he gets healthy and see what he can do for you this year, but don't do an Andrew Wilworth. Basically don't, don't say that you're committed to him now and, and, you know, freeze on the negotiation table in March and let watch him go to someplace else and then hang your hats on a third round or fourth round compensatory pick in 2021 because that doesn't help anything in the situation. If you're, if the plan is to re-sign Green, then make sure you get that done before it's too late. And if not, then definitely lower your, lower your value price on A.J. Green right now and try to trade him before week eight. Just do one of the two. Don't let him walk at the end of this year after you said you're not going to trade him because that would just be the colossal mistake that this team has been prone to making in the past. Totally, totally agree. I do not think AJ Green will be traded because I've said, I think I mentioned it on the post-game reactions after the Cardinals game. He's not forcing his way out of here, and that's usually the way guys get traded. Either they're malcontents, they badmouth the organization, they say they want out, they say they want astronomical money that the team won't pay, maybe a combination of those things. I mean, you look back to Dylan, you look back to Pickens, you look back, I mean, Carson Palmer, these guys force their way out, right? Uh, Chad Johnson was traded, but if you remember, he was kind of a malcontent towards the end of his, uh, at the end of 2010 and into that offseason as well. That relationship with he and Lewis was kind of souring. So, um, I mean, these are, it's, it's kind of been a forced hand type of thing when guys are traded. AJ Green has said he wants to stay in Cincinnati. AJ Green has said he wants a long-term deal. He wants to retire a Bengal. He doesn't want to go anywhere. All that stuff, whether he actually means it or not, I'm taking him at his word, but he has made it known he wants to be a Bengal. So to me, that's usually a sign of a guy that is not going anywhere because Brown will honor his loyalty. He loves the skill position, guys. I, I think he's going to stay. I, I want to echo what you're saying, John, and I don't want to beat the dead horse here, but 
it would be a crazy big mistake if the Bengals, if they do this rental thing for this year, they bring him back, they 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 let him play this year, and then they don't re-sign him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even if it takes a franchise tag next year and you pay more than what you think for one year, if you're getting a new quarterback next year and your your plan is to hang on to AJ Green or you don't want to trade AJ Green for capital, then you need to make sure that AJ Green is going to be here and be a guy that's going to contribute to the Bengals and help the development of a new uh, a new young quarterback. We've got a call on the line. We're going to take that in, in just a second here. This is the Orange and Black Insider. Who's this? Hey, this is Terrell. Terrell, been a long time, bud. How you doing? Yeah, all right. I've been uh, still been uh, keeping out on all of y'all and everything. We've been busy, you know. But uh, been wanting to tell you guys, so like, uh, even before all the other games, that this is I, I'm, I'm a football fan before I'm a player and a team fan, and this this got to be the most scariest, just the most uh, laziest, weakest. Linebacker core I ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm just saying because they they scared to tackle. I mean, that's that's one thing I wanted to tell y'all. Cause I seen high school and college linebackers play harder than that. And on top of that, though, uh, the AJ Green thing, I, I think he gonna end up being one of um, like the Andre Johnson or Samir Fitzgerald. I think I think he gonna be alright. Uh, and I, I'm trying to match up everything in one. And uh, Zach Taylor, he's turning to a yes man. Uh oh. Um, and the, and what's the other thing I was gonna say? Uh, I mean, if we gotta trade, we gotta we gotta make some type of trade capital on somebody and stop passing some draft picks. I'm just leave y'all y'all guys with that. And uh, I just I'm uh, just y'all y'all just awesome and just keep it up and. Thanks, Terrell. Appreciate it, man. Uh, we'll, we'll try and address some of that off the air before we get out of here. Good, good to hear from you. Been a little while. Um, I, I'll say this about uh, the trade thing. If, if anything, I think the Bengals will be sellers, not buyers. I mean, your own five at this point. Uh, would you agree? I mean, I don't think yeah. he, he mentioned trades. I don't, I don't think the Bengals are going to go uh, – if, if they were maybe two and three, if they were three and two, you know, maybe then a Trent Trent Williams type of thing may be in the discussion and, you know, with their offensive line, even then I don't think so. But uh, at this point, if anything, they would be sellers instead of buyers. Um, and I don't even, like I said, I don't even think it, that's going to happen because usually it takes someone forcing their way out of Cincinnati for, for Mike Brown to execute a trade. But linebackers, John, is this effort? Is this talent? Is it, I mean, it's probably both, but uh, what what do you think is more the issue in terms of the group? Is it just a lack of talent, or is it poor coaching, a lack of effort? I mean, it, it's it's not good. You can talk about the effort all you want, but there's just bad athletes playing that position right now. When bad athletes are trying their hard, it doesn't look like they're trying that hard because they're just that much slower than everybody else on the team. Um, you know, we we had a question coming in from Dan about, you know, why aren't rookies starting? Jermaine Pratt is like their best chance at having a, a, a solid contributor as a rookie right now with Jonah Williams hurt. There's no reason really to be playing Preston Brown at this point, besides the fact that you're giving him five and a half, inexcusably five and a half million dollars per year. But you got to get Jermaine Pratt more involved at, at the linebacker court because he can provide some life into there. So I, like that that's a way to solve that issue, at least to some point, because you have to see if Pratt is is an option to worth building around over the next couple of years when you should be rebuilding that position entirely. I think we got a caller coming in. Hey, 
Uh, yeah, we do have a call coming in. Hey, uh, this is the Orange Black Insider. Who's this? Hey, Jason, Jason, what's going on, dude? Hey, not much. What's going on, guys? Hey, great podcast. Great point by John. That was awesome. Thank you, man. I really want to say I appreciate the uh, work you guys have done to get uh, everything working. Like, it's cool. I can see your names in the corner now, and the mics and everything all work well. Nice. You guys are doing better than the Ellen Five Bengals, for sure. <laughs> so thank you for doing that. Thank you for not making the season feel as the Ellen Five as it is. Oh, well. I called, you know, I called the Bengals today. I'm hosting in Atlanta a fundraiser for cats uh, called Pints for Furs in December. Okay. Which has nothing to do with football. But I do want to dress up like a cat. And uh, I called the Bengals and I asked them if I could buy some game warm pants. And uh, they said no. They kind of laughed at me, actually. Uh, so if anybody out there has some game warm <laughs> Bengals pants and it says 30, I will make that purchase. It's uh, for a good cause. It's for cats. And I'll live stream it, too. So uh, you right. can see me right. dazzle pants. So. Yeah, we got we got to find things to talk about this year, right? <laughs> so there we go. Thank you guys for keeping us uh, posted on all the Bengals news throughout the week, and uh, thank you guys for uh, picking with the Bengals and being fans. Yeah, well, we're to be uh, on the Titanic with you guys. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Trying to trying to keep it interesting in an zero and five year. Uh, if, if we find some some people that are willing to donate, what you're looking for there, um, we will we will definitely definitely keep you in the loop. Um, I mean, I. On one hand, I can under, kind of understand the Bengals saying, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know," but he said he'd buy them, so I don't. I mean, I, I, to me, it, that's just a, a little. I mean, even if he if he said it's a charity, it's just kind of a microcosm of the Bengals front office and ownership. Right. It's not. I mean, what's it cost them to part with a game used pants? Really? I mean, it's just uh, to me, it's just like a no brainer. You got a, a fan, longtime fan. They're doing a charity thing. Yeah, we'll send you a pair of pants. Who cares? I mean. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess that opens floodgates for people to have their hands out on all kinds of different things. But to me, it's just, that's one of the, it's just a microcosm of what this team hasn't done to the community. You would hate, you would hate to set up a, a president of, of being charitable. So I'm good on the Bengals for keeping that <laughs> stigma going. Yeah. God forbid. Right. Uh, this is, this is the orange and black insider Bengals podcast. He's John Sheeran. I'm Anthony Gazenza. And this podcast is brought to you by cincyjungle.com so uh appreciate you guys tuning in hopefully we're getting your weekend started off correctly we're gonna get out of here we we went a little longer than expected but it was good to hear from so many of you via different platforms calls texts emails the chat rooms all that kind of stuff so appreciate your feedback you can get this show if you're if you were unable to join us live and you weren't able to submit a question you're always welcome to get to us during the week or weekends or whatever shoot us uh some some questions, comments, and we try to read those either on our weekly episode or our listener questions episode. But you can also get this show on iTunes, on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. You can get it on Megaphone. You can get it on CincyJungle.com and, of course, our YouTube channel, along with a number of different programs that the Cincy Jungle podcast channel is now offering. John, you've got a wedding rehearsal to get to, my friend. Uh, any Anything else you want to add before we get out of here and you, you have a hopefully an adult beverage filled weekend. Yeah. So if you're already trying to start scout quarterbacks, I think Tua plays the Texas A&M Aggies and Joe Burrow plays the Florida Gators this weekend. I will not be able to watch those games because I will be at a wedding, but definitely give me, give me some, give me a a nice scouting report for next week. You guys. Yeah. And uh, John, I I see that you casually omitted 
a non-SEC quarterback prospect in that in that list. Uh, oh, you mean Blaine Gabbert? Yeah, Oregon? yeah, Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert. Exactly. <laughs> Blaine, Blaine Gabbert West. Uh, who who is Oregon playing this weekend? I I, I have no idea. I think it's Colorado, maybe. Um, so Justin Herbert is uh, also out there for for those who are watching. I I will say those are probably the three. I think you know that that Bengals fans should be definitely keeping an eye on. Obviously, from in Georgia and uh, Eason in Washington are two other guys that may be intriguing. But um, you know the the big three, two of which Jalen hurts. Jalen hurts too. Hurts. Yeah, I guess hurts. Yeah, um, exciting player. I just yeah, I don't know about NFL level, but some people may talk we're, about it. You know, like, we're six months out. We're six months out. I know. I know. <laughs> well, thanks, John. Enjoy your weekend. Appreciate you making time. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time.